Gracious and loving God, may only your word be spoken, your word heard, and your word lived. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, our gospel reading today uh, in John takes place uh, on the night before Jesus' death. And this is the last time that Jesus has uh, to teach his disciples. Now, if you put yourself in that moment, if you imagine yourself on the night before you die, then you're, you know you're not going to waste any time. Uh, you're going to talk about what actually matters. You're going to talk about the most important stuff. And Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. In fact, uh, it's so important that we remind ourselves about the Holy Spirit every Sunday. You see, every Sunday uh, we gather, we affirm our faith in the Apostles' Creed. And eventually we get to that part uh, about the Holy Spirit. And then we all say together, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, often in church life, we'll talk uh, about God. We'll talk a lot about Jesus. But the Holy Spirit remains somewhat of a mystery. And this is actually a shame because the Holy Spirit brings all kinds of healing and hope to our lives. And it brings peace to our hearts. And I think that's exactly what all of us need right now. And so if we want to know more about the Holy Spirit, there is no better place to go than today's gospel reading. But in order to make sense of the hope and peace that we find in our reading, we actually have to uh, address two questions. First, who is the Holy Spirit? And secondly, what does the Holy Spirit do? So let's take the first one. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, in verse 17, Jesus gives us a clue. Jesus says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Notice that the Holy Spirit is referred to as a person. Uh, so the Holy Spirit, what we're learning here is uh, the Holy Spirit is not a force. So we probably have to let go of a kind of a, a Star Wars association. The Holy Spirit's not a force. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit's not a vibe. The Holy Spirit is a person. And here's another clue that Jesus uh, has and says to us in verse 16. Jesus says, and I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Another advocate. Is there a first advocate? Well, more on that later. But the point right now is that the Holy Spirit is another advocate. And this, is, this word another is actually crucial. You see, in Greek, uh, there are two words that get across another. And one means unlike and the other means like. Jesus uses the version meaning like, which is super important because in the Gospels, Jesus over and over again claims to be God. And so that means he's pointing out that the second advocate is also God. So the Holy Spirit isn't just a person. The Holy Spirit is a divine and infinite person, just like God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. Now, here's where we kind of get a hiccup, because when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we often uh, stop treating him like a person. We use words like being filled with the Spirit, and that's going to give us the image of being filled up with maybe a gas or a force or some other kind of impersonal power. 
And so when we make this move to metaphor land, understandably, it leaves us confused. Because you see, if the spirit is an abstraction, then it's simply a concept to be mastered. All we need is the right approach, the proper wisdom, the effective technique. And that means we're going to seek to master spiritual techniques to become like an athlete that has the proper uh, workout techniques uh, for more strength and maintaining more energy. And so you know what we do? Uh, we hunt for spiritualist books and we subscribe to spiritualist podcasts and we search for gurus and other enlightened people that have uh, this special access to the divine. But I'll tell you, we don't need all of that. We don't need techniques. We need a relationship. The Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus has promised that if we're following him, he will send us the Holy Spirit and he will be with us and in us, supporting us in incredible ways. So the Holy Spirit is a person and is God. Now, let me ask a question to the Christians in the room. Does the fact that an infinite and divine being is in the middle of your life right now, uh, supporting, for you, uh, supporting you and cheering for you, uh, does that bring you a sense of amazement and wonder? Because if you're following Jesus, Jesus hasn't left you alone. The Holy Spirit is with you and is in your life right now. Now, for those who might not readily identify as followers of Jesus, uh, first of all, I'm just glad that you're here. Welcome. And I think it's fair that you might be asking yourself, okay, so this God, this Holy Spirit, uh, what does the Holy Spirit do? That is such a huge question. It's actually a little frustrating to try to keep it really short because the whole Bible says so many things, so many beautiful things that the Holy Spirit does but I'm going to limit it to two things that are emphasized in today's readings. The Holy Spirit, here are the two. The Holy Spirit is first the spirit of truth. And number two, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate friend. Now in verse 17, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. And that's really important. You see, a little later, Jesus says to the disciples in verse 25 and 26, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You know what Jesus is saying to them? Jesus is saying, listen, don't worry. Later, when you're writing down the New Testament, the Holy Spirit will help you remember everything that I taught you. Jesus is confirming the trustworthiness of the Bible. And this is super important. And here's why. Because if the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, you can't pit the spirit against the Bible. You can't say something like, oh, well, the Bible says that, but I feel that God is saying this to me. The Holy Spirit won't tell you anything that contradicts the Bible. See, the Bible the Holy, and the Holy Spirit, they speak with the same voice. They speak with the same voice to help us understand and live out the commandments of Jesus. The truth is, if you're following Jesus, you're reading the Bible and you're trusting the Bible. 
And the promise is that as you read and reflect on the Bible, the Spirit will help you understand what you're reading. It's going to illuminate your mind and your heart, and it's going to transform the way that you live. See, Jesus says in verse 21, whoever has my commands, which means, by the way, that that means you're reading the Bible. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. You see, when you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit's help, not only will the truth make sense to your mind, God will become real to your heart. And so when you're wrestling with commands and the truths of God in the Bible, the Holy Spirit actually brings God to you. That's the power of the spirit of truth. And that's amazing. However, the part that moves my heart uh, the most is the fact that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate friend. Now, the idea of the Holy Spirit as the ultimate friend, that term is actually used by another pastor, and I think that he nails it. You see, the word advocate that we read today is actually translated into English in many different ways. Some of you may have heard it as uh, the counselor, the helper, uh, the comforter. And the reason why it's in so many words is because none of the English words suffice to capture and translate the meaning behind the original word. So I want you to, I mean, that's why ultimate friend fits. I want you to think about this. If you say advocate, well, advocate seems a little too professional, kind of like a lawyer, and that's not it. Comforter seems too soft, you know, kind of like a there, there. That's not it either. Uh, Helper is too weak, and counselor is a little too detached. You know, you see a counselor, what, once a week for an hour? That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Here's why ultimate friend works. See, the Greek word is parakletas. And so someone can be your parakletas. Now, what does that mean? Well, parakletas is actually two words squished together. Uh, And the first part of the word para means to come alongside someone consistently. And kaleo, the second part of that squished word, actually means to declare or argue. So put together, parakletas, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside you always and declares or argues. Now, how is that the ultimate friend? Well, a true friend will come alongside you and will help you, especially when life is difficult but they will also lovingly point out the things that you're doing that is making your life difficult. A real friend is willing to be with you, never leaves you, is always for you, but is willing to argue with you. And so the Holy Spirit, like a good friend, will argue with you about and declare two things. One, argue about your own sin. And two, Declare that you are a child of God. So the Spirit will come into your heart and say, Look, you're a sinner here. You need to take responsibility for this. Or, Look, you're weak in this area. You need God. You're overconfident. But here's the thing not only will our hearts delude us into thinking that our sins aren't actually sins, Our hearts don't want us to believe that we are as loved 
and accepted by Jesus as the Bible says we are. Our hearts just lie. And so the Spirit argues against the lie. The Holy Spirit reminds us that if you're following Jesus, you are a child of God. And that means that no matter where you are in your spiritual journey with Jesus, the good work that God has begun in your life will be brought to completion. So no matter how much you struggle, how much you think you're failing, as you're following Jesus, you will become who you were always meant to be. So it's not about being true to yourself because that self is full of self-harming habits and sin. It's actually about receiving an identity from Jesus as a child of God. It's not about proving ourselves. It's about receiving a gift. And the Holy Spirit applies that gift to your life. The Holy Spirit will never just let you stay where you are. He will never leave you alone. He will never do that. The Holy Spirit will take our broken attempts at carving a new and authentic self and will put that away and will give you a gift of a new self because God, the Holy Spirit, is always with you and is your ultimate friend. The Spirit will be pointing to the stuff uh, that you're up to, that sin, that's hurting you. So it's going to bring to light the things in your heart that you want to delude yourself into thinking that aren't a big deal, right? But the Spirit will be reminding you that you are loved and accepted more than your heart can even believe. Isn't that amazing? So now we all have to be wondering, okay, if this is true, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Well, remember at the beginning, I said that the Holy Spirit was the second advocate. That means that there's a first. And that first advocate is Jesus. So if you want to have the second advocate in your life, you have to believe in the first advocate. You have to believe and follow Jesus. Only then will the Holy Spirit work in the way that we've been talking about. You see, the second advocate, the Holy Spirit, doesn't point to himself. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. And so when things are tough, the, the, yeah, the Holy Spirit is pointing to the things in our lives that are hurting us, uh, the things that we're keeping around that we shouldn't be keeping, right? Those things that silence the love of God. And so that what the Spirit does is it reminds us of the love of Jesus and the promises to Jesus that we're never alone. And so when our hearts lie to us and say that we're worthless unless we accomplish X or unless we achieve Y, the Spirit reminds us that, the, that Jesus loves us, that Jesus died for us, that he wants to be with us forever, and that we're made infinitely beautiful because of the love of Jesus. And all we need to do is trust in him. You see, Jesus is our advocate. He stands before the Father and he says, yes, Father, I know they sin. I know that they don't listen to me. I know that they don't trust me fully. I know that they turn to other things for their ultimate significance and hope. But I have died for them. I have cleansed their sins. They're washed away in my blood. So I'm not begging for mercy. I'm demanding justice. They are my family. They are my eternal friends. Accept them. And you know what? God does. 
in Jesus, God loves you and accepts you. He's accepting you. And so the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, reminds you, reminds me of the work of Jesus. And if you accept the gift of Jesus and only Jesus, the Holy Spirit will come into your life and make it like new. Do you want the Holy Spirit in your life? Do I? Well, if you do, stop working so hard at creating your own identity. It's an effort that's only going to lead to self-assertion, self-indulgence, and self-centeredness. You simply need to follow Jesus and accept the gift of being a child of God. And then serve God. Serve your neighbor. You know what's going to happen? then we will find that the Holy Spirit will be flooding our lives and we will know the joy of having this Holy Spirit for an ultimate friend. My friends, together let's pray. God the Spirit, have your way in us. Shine your light on the secret sins of our hearts. Equip us for tasks that are too large for us. Make us glad in what delights you. Intercede for us and open our eyes to rightly understand the word of truth.